This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. It's now my pleasure to introduce our Executive Vice President and General Manager, Mr. Kevin Sheveldayoff, who will make our first pick on behalf of the Winnipeg Jets. Hey y'all, welcome back to another edition of the Grit for Sexy podcast. My name is Connor Farrell, you can call me TC, and I'm joined by... My name is Brendan, Brendan Farrell, also known as TCJ. And we're going to talk about some Jets hockey. That was some hockey that we just watched. I was going to say, that was certainly uh, Jets hockey. To put it to put it lightly, <laughs> there were goals, lots of them. I heard you like goals. Many of them scored by the Jets. Many of them not scored by the Jets. <laughs> uh, whoa, where where do we begin with this game with this team right now? I mean, I was like fully in like journalist mode. Like when when this game was four nothing, I'm like, all right, time for me to get my notes together. Yeah, time to get right. Information together. Was, so this way, when when the game's over, we can quickly record and get this man. thing going. And then when, then the score changes to four one. I'm like, all right, maybe I should pay a little more attention to it. And then after the third period, uh, you know, or after the second period ends. You know, and into the third period, and then the Jets score another. I'm like, okay, I really need to actually like go back to watching this game now. And then it just kept rolling, and the next thing you know, it's four four. And you know, it's one of those, I guess, crazy things that just sort of happens at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I had my, I had my uh, at, at four nothing. I had my uh, demote Kulikov takes ready to go. Just like, man, it, you know, he's not good. He's not played well today. He hasn't played well last night. You know, maybe if we send him down, we can wake some guys up a little bit. Some AHLer is going to come in here ready to earn a playoff spot. And I was like, on that one goal, I was like, if we do not have an AHL defenseman who can make a better play on that, we are in trouble. And then he hits that bomb, and I'm just like, well, there goes that whole take. Yeah, I think our, our original plan was to talk about both games. We might end up just talking primarily about the Devils game tonight, so – well, okay. Do you want to start with the Rangers game so we don't yeah, get? Yeah, yeah. We will. We will start with the Rangers game. Uh, certainly, these two games have given us a lot of content for for this episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for the uninformed, or for those who just need reminding, uh, the Jets started off their 2019-2020 season with a back-to-back in the wonderful tri-state area. They lost last night to the Rangers 6-4 to four in a game that I think they should have won. Yeah. I, th- I think they play like the better team in. And then, because hockey is hockey, they beat the Devils in shootout, coming down 4 nothing to tie the game and send the game to overtime and then shootout after maybe one of the best three-on-three periods I've ever seen. 
And then the Jets win 5-4. Just a, a crazy, crazy couple of games. So you said in that Rangers game, you thought the Jets deserved to win that game. Why? Yeah. yeah so, I mean, just looking at that, looking at the stats, I mean, uh, at 5-1-5, the Jets controlled about 60% of the shot attempts. Uh, they had an adva- a big advantage in expected goals, uh, 2.89 to 1.71. And they were just generally the better team. Yeah, and I would, I would agree. And what I really noticed in that game, I think I texted you and I was like, the Rangers have no business being competitive in this game. And here we are. It's tied at three, I think, at that point. And, and what I'm the big thing I'm noticing in that game is, A, you know, this, this top line is electric. And B, the Jets are creating like five to ten minute periods of game time where they're just circling in the attacking zone. And the the other team, in this case the Rangers, can't seem to generate anything. They can't even really touch the puck. And they're creating all this pressure, creating all of these chances. And... Henwick turned aside like something like 36 shots or something like that. And they end up losing 6-4. But it's just like you watch this game and it's like, they are definitely the better team here. How are they not ahead? Yeah, certainly. Uh, just doing some quick math. I'm looking quick at math. the 5-1-5 five 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 numbers for the first two periods of that game. The Jets had 42 shot attempts. Rangers only had 24 that's, I mean, then that was only a five-on-five. Five. I mean, the Jets drew uh, – I think they drew more penalties in that game uh, than the Rangers. So, and then, you know, they were able to use that control at five-on-five five to create, you know, power play opportunities. They didn't do anything with them, really. No. But they did, they did at least put themselves in that position. And that's what I was going to bring up was special teams was a huge part of that game. The Jets' power play looked – garbage at although they did score that power play goal i think in that game um but early on that power and even today the power play did not look good and you know in recent memory that's been the jets calling card is their power play yeah i mean when you have just the amount of talented forwards that the jets have i mean is their depth great not necessarily but just even on the, on the top unit, or I guess the second unit too, you have Mark Scheifele, you have Kyle Connor, Patrick Laine, Nikolai Ehlers. Like that should be enough to get you and, a, a good power play. And you've got Josh Morrissey, who's pretty good in that point role where he can sort of quarterback the puck where he needs to go and still be able to back check and make plays defensively. And that, that should be an equation for success. That should That should equal goals. And as well as uh, Neil Pionk's only good attribute as being an okay uh, power play quarterback. I I will say I think uh, Neil Pionk has looked – at times he's looked bad defensively, but at times he's looked really good in being in the right position defensively. Um, but that's something else we can get into. The other, the other part of the special teams equation that I wanted to hit on was the Rangers did score two power play goals, and that really – swung the momentum, I think, in those games. Really gave yeah. them a boost. Yeah, and it, it really, I think what really hurt 
the Jets in that game was the fact that the Rangers scored first after the Jets were the better team. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, it doesn't help that um, Connor Hellebuck has given up a rebound that falls right to Panarin's stick where he's got a net, half of an empty net to shoot at. Yeah, and he wasn't particularly great on the first goal either. Uh, it looked to me like he could have pushed over. Like It looked to me like he had enough time to push over and make the save on the opposite post. I know yeah, it's a difficult play, but I, mm-hmm. I think that he had enough time to get it there. Was, it was a difficult play, but if you – are going to win if you're going to be a playoff team and you're going to win enough games um to you know to make the playoffs and be competitive those are the kind of saves you want your goalie to make to keep you in games and be competitive he does i mean it's not a it's not an easy save it's not a gimme but you gotta make that save and the other thing i'm worried about connor hellebuck is where is he giving up like like i said he had a rebound fall right to panarin stick and there was another rebound goal that you're just like I'm sure it's difficult to try to read a shot and a read a shot, b block a shot, and then c redirect it to where it needs to go if you can't just eat it. But I, he's got to either get some defenders who can clear it, or be more intentional with where your rebounds are going. Like I don't know. That's to me something that stood out in that Rangers game. Yeah, and that, that's certainly certainly fair. And then the other thing that got me about the Rangers game was, I mean, first of all, 47 shots on goal. Like, that's really good. Mm-hmm. The bad news is is what got me was the, the power play at the end of the game. You know, you get a power play late, you pull the goalie at six on four, and you do absolutely nothing. Nothing. nothing that was – not only do you do – this is going to be weird, but not only do you do nothing with it – you allow the empty net goal on the strangest bounce, I think, well, maybe not that I've ever seen, but just a wacky bounce. Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, this Sharks fan has seen wackier bounces off stanchions in significantly more important moments. But anyway. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. That I mean, that you want to talk about the, a team getting all the bounces in one game. That empty net goal in particular, I think, Really, it was just like, oh, well, it's just not the Jets' night. Yeah, I think it's inter- It's going to be interesting to, the way that people look at this back-to-back and that you can look at it as sort of like the half-full scenario of, well, they played really well against the Rangers. They didn't get a point, but they played really well. And then they got the two points that they should have gotten against the Devils in a game they really probably didn't really deserve one, you know? So, you know, you, and getting two points out of a back-to-back is fine. To me, optimally, it's three. Unrealistically, mm-hmm. it's four. But two isn't bad. But on the other hand, you could say, well, they should have beaten the Rangers. And, you know, had they still come back in the Devils game, they would be sitting at four points and sitting pretty. Right. Um, and, and, you know, if you, and you, you think of it this way, they it's not only is it a back-to-back, they've got four games in – Six days, I think. It's only the lines of that because they play Pittsburgh on Sunday. Yeah. I think it's no, I think it's the Islanders on Sunday and it's Pittsburgh on Tuesday. And when you've got that many games to start the season on the road, if you don't get points early, you're going to be gassed by the time you get to that Pittsburgh game on Tuesday. So, yeah, and you know, that's not, I mean, that I think that's going to be a very fun game to watch. Uh, 
Like, nobody's got defense in that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be absolutely zero defense in that game. I, I cannot wait for Sidney Crosby to cross up, like, Batetto or Pullman or something. Just Kulikov. Like, <laughs> yeah, Kulikov again. Sorry, uh, top-line Kulikov on his offside. <laughs> right. That's another – I mean, Malkin's we, we, another we guy that, that can yeah. just one – Malkin's another guy that can just one-hand, backhand score against Kulikov. I mean, um, yeah, you know, speaking of that, we'll, we'll, we'll transition into the Devils game here. Well, before uh, we do, I did want to oh, – Okay. I, would, I did want to shout out Ellers was phenomenal in that New York game. Oh, Easily yeah, the yeah. best player on the ice. Yeah. Uh, three assists. Uh, at five on five, he had like almost 75% of the shots or shot attempts for course, four percentage, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he outscored the other team three, nothing went at five on five when he was on the ice and his expected goals for percentage was 84.13%, which is just absurd. It's just, it, he just drew my attention every time he got involved in a play He's playmaking skills exceptional. That entire top line looked pretty dang good that night. And I just thought Ellers deserves a shout out on this podcast. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, to me, he was one of the guys that I felt like really deserved talking about in that, and, in that Rangers game. Because really, that whole top line was really good in the Rangers game, but Ellers specifically, yes. If he keeps playing like this, I don't think you can justify putting Connor back on that top line. Oh, and, and the way he walked Brady Shea on, on that on that <laughs> assist on the I think on the first Jets goal, the one to Shifley. Yeah. Easy for him. It's very it was a very nice goal. I, I love this sort of uh very intentional behind the net style that they were playing. I didn't see it so much tonight, but against the Rangers, very intentional. We're gonna get behind the net, get the puck behind the net, find the guy in the slot. Like it was just I like that sort of thing. Yeah, no, it, it was, and was very, good. very nice play. Certainly. Okay. Now the, now, now the sorry, the Devils game. Yes, the, the Devils, Devils game. Yes. Uh, started I mean, off much like the Rangers game. They get outscored, or the Devils score the first goal of the game. I think, Unlike I think their, it was kind of against the run of the play tonight. Maybe a little bit, but generally the Devils had a better play at five on five in this game. Um, but I think a lot of that was the, the team, the, the jets by and large gave up like halfway through the second period. I think that's skewing your shots a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at natural stat trick here. The devils had more shot attempts at five on five in the first and third periods. So, Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so, where do we begin? Like, this was such a wild... Like, go four yeah. up and down. Certainly not not a great situation to put yourself in. Like, this is not, this is not a repeatable process here for the Jets. Like, if they play like this most nights, they're not no. made to playoffs. Plain and simple. No, but Brennan, you forget the New Jersey Devils are a playoff team. <laughs> well, here's a here's a here's something I, I wanted to talk about though is that 
this was I think this was a good couple of teams for the Jets to start with because I feel like the Jets themselves are a team of a lot of moving pieces. I mean, a lot of teams early on mm-hmm. in the season are, are teams of moving pieces, but the Jets have basically hit the reset button on their defense. You know, they're playing without Dustin Bufflin. You know, they moved Truba and Myers, two guys who had been there for a long time. They're doing things like putting an 18-year-old or starting 18-year-old on, like, the second pair. They're putting Kulikov, who's, to me, at best, a third-pairing defenseman on the top pairing on his offside. Yeah. Yeah. And look how that happened. Look how that played out. Yeah. But – but Brennan, he scored a goal. Yeah, <laughs> but they did it. They did this against two teams, and the Devils and the Rangers, who also have moving parts and also more moving parts. Like the Rangers, for example, you know they acquired Adam Fox, uh, Artemi Panarin, Jacob Truba. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Devils kind of rebuilt themselves in an offseason too between Nikita Gusev, who. Thank you, New Jersey, for getting him out of the Western Conference and specifically away from Vegas. You know, Jack, they're fitting in Jack Hughes, the first overall pick. Nice one, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, Wayne Simmons is there now, PK Subban. Love that man. So, so. Wait, they gave Wayne Simmons an assist on that one goal where it was just. I forget who it was, but a jet in front of the net mishandled the puck. And oh yeah, that was that was maybe was just one of the worst goals I've I've seen in a while. But that how do bad. you give Wayne Simmons an assist on that? How do you give anybody an assist on that? I mean, they didn't. Wayne Simmons the... is not allowed to record points with the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, what they're not. I mean, I guess they're just not allowed to credit whichever Jets defenseman just just boots a very safe puck. All you have to do is chip that one out. Just boots it straight into the slot for an easy one time. Like I don't you, remember you, who. Like it was. here, like here, you didn't score. We'll give you another opportunity at it. Brutal. I don't remember who it was, but you can't do that. I don't remember who it was. There were like three Jets players that were right there. Yeah, or it could have been covered up by uh, Brassois. So well, who by Brissois, the way I thought played well. Who yeah, who by the way is the backup goalie for the Winnipeg Jets, not Eric Comrie. Who got claimed by Arizona? We apologize for the error in the last episode. I wasn't gonna mention it. You don't have to mention it. Nobody uh, listened to that first episode. No one's gonna listen to this third episode. I don't know. I, I enjoy making fun of myself, and so I, I would like to at least like. Ah, sorry, I would like I to at least put that out there. Okay, but, okay. We can't dwell on our own mistakes that long on, yep. on the record button. Um, so. What what else happened in this game? We got down early. Yeah, I mean, four nothing. I mean, that's pretty much it's pretty much a death sense. Yeah, four four nothing comebacks don't really happen. Yeah, you know, as as our dad said, four nothing is the most dangerous lead in hockey. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're not like I said, this is not a repeatable process for the Jets. Going down four nothing is not the way you want to try to win hockey games. It's nice that they did it once. But moving forward, maybe not the best course of action. Yeah, and I – in the comeback, I don't have that much – surprisingly, I don't have that much to say about the actual goals that were scored in the comeback. 
other than they were generating a lot of, of the same thing that we saw in the Rangers game where they were kind of circling in the attacking zone for a while there in the third period and just sort of throwing pucks on that. And eventually, you know, if Kulikov takes another, you know, inch backwards, he's on the blue line when he hits that bomb. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say that was an absolute bomb by, by Kulikov. And, uh, uh, I almost said Mackenzie Blackwood, but it was Schneider at that point. Schneider was getting screened by like three of his own guys because of how far back Kulikov was. Um, yeah, no, and then, one of the things I want to put out there, though, is that Kulikov goal was scored with 11 seconds left in the second yeah. period. If that goal doesn't happen. I, I feel like we're not even talking about this in the first No, that, this doesn't happen. Yeah, it, this, this doesn't The game happen. is over. Uh, by the way, did, did Schneider pull something? I would think so. I would assume it was a groin. That's just my assumption based on the play that happened. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what had him out last year too was a groin, but I don't don't want to say for certain. Something something lower body. That's the other thing that I like what the Jets are doing right now with their offense is these these stretch passes right in front of the crease. It's very very hockey video game uh, video game-ish. Video game-ish? Video game-y? These little... We're just going to go... End board to end board with these across eyes passes right in front of the crease to try to create the widest angle possible for our shooter to hit. Yeah. Oh, and, and speaking of video games, I was thinking about this as overtime was going on. I wish it was. I wish real life was like Angel hits two thousand three in a lot of ways. But I was. I was. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like I wish, like in that game, you know, you can decide if you want to play sudden death or shootout. Man, I, I wish those two teams could have kept going in three-on-three overtime. They just kept going three-on-three? I mean, what? Eric Jill like, hits 3 invented the three-on-three. Three. Yeah. People forget this. But, I mean, that, that was that was back and forth, back and forth. And I, I think there was, what, like one whistle, like 30 seconds into it? Yeah, that was such an intense three-on-three. Three. But before we get to that overtime, I just want to point out all of the missed chances the Jets had between both games, but in this game in particular, Mark oh Shifley. I was going to say Blake Wheeler, but... <laughs> was it Wheeler there at the end? Yeah, it was, it was Wheeler. Wheeler at the end. Yeah, Wheeler, two, Wheeler. two chances. <laughs> wide open net. Like, half the net is open on the first one, and then on the second one, I mean, credit to him for... I think he bats that one out of the air. I mean, yeah, he, he got as much on it as he could. One, but like, he, he just happens to bat right... Actually, no, both went off the guy. Post. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's tough. Luckily, uh, luckily he uh, was it Wheeler with the shootout winner. I think so. Yeah, it was. It was Wheeler yeah. with the shootout winner. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, he gets his redemption with the shootout winner. Yeah. But and with the just an absolute nasty move. Oh yeah, both both Winnipeg shootout goals were, yeah. were filthy. It was Wheeler and it was Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor just undresses Mackenzie Blackwood. Which, if you're if you're any of these Jets forwards and you know it's Mackenzie Blackwood in that crease, throw your best stuff at him because you're going to score. Well, I mean, he had a decent amount of experience last year because he filled in when Schneider was hurt and also bad. Right, but, but you're still better than you. You know you're more talented than this goalie. If you I mean, give him your best stuff and you you know if you do your job, it the puck should go in the net. 
I, I got to hand it to Patrick Laine trying the, uh, I, I guess it, this is like the, the fake Forsberg move, going one hand and then going back to two hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you would really pull a Forsberg from that far out, though, but I was like, I, I, I appreciate the creativity. You just yeah, have to it it straight, straight into Blackwood's glove. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what else from this game? I mean, we could just talk about just a couple. Of okay, just, so general, one thing, general take. Okay, one thing that I have, I want, I need to get off my chest. Okay. And I know because this is going to come out Monday, so he's clearly going to score tomorrow, Sunday. Patrick Liney. Just score goals. Just score goals. Like, okay, coming into the season, when he signed that contract, the only thing we're measuring him by is the number of goals that he scored. Everything else is secondary. But the, the complete opposite has happened with him so far in these two games. I've seen him done the, do the little things well. I saw him win some puck battles, make some plays, like like make some passes to people that like are going to set up goals, but then, of course, they don't because the, this Jets team cannot finish. But he hasn't had... That finishing touch, he hasn't had that shot that he's known for. I think he had one shot off a faceoff today that was a really strong shot, but it wasn't really going to go in. And it's just like, how many times do you need to get an opportunity to score before you actually put one in? I mean, yeah, I mean, he had a couple of, I think he had a couple of decent looks on one timers during the power plays, but yeah. No, but I, that's what I'm saying. He's he's gotten the chances. He just hasn't put them in. Yeah, it'll take time. I mean, keep in mind, I, I, he's only been skating with the Jets for like what a week. I know. Give it time. Be but, patient. But Con- Connor looks fine. I mean, I'm not going to argue against you on that one, but you know, it, it, it's it takes. I don't know. It, different players do different things. And, and, like, he's not playing bad. Like I said, he's doing a lot of the little things well, a lot of things that we don't credit him with, usually. He's done well these two games. It's just the finish. The Finn <laughs> cannot finish. <laughs> we thought it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to do, like, a split second, and I'm, like, like double-checking <laughs> yeah. myself that he's finished. As and soon then I'm as like, I yeah. said it, I could hear it, and I'm like, oh, no, what have I done? Yeah. Um, so... But I mean, I think it just we can move on to just a couple of like general takeaways from these Jets, these first two Jets games. Yeah, that's what I was takeaways that I feel comfortable with. That's what and I started doing. One of the takeaways that I have is that I don't, I still don't know if the Jets are good, but they're at least fun. They, the Jets are both good and bad simultaneously all the time. Thank you. To me, they're like the the light version of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I guess. Maybe that might be the best way to put it. They're like the Toronto Maple Leafs if they weren't as deep and their defense was even worse. And they also didn't have Freddie Anderson in goal. Yes, okay. no, agree. I can, I can see the argument, but who's, who's JT? Uh, Mark Shifley? You know, like then who's Austin Matthews? 
I, I didn't say it was a perfect comparison, <laughs> but how about, how about this? It, it, it's, uh, they're the light version of the Maple Leafs before John Tavares got back. Okay. Okay. Because um. to me, they're, they're, they're trying to – it feels like both of these games have been like track meets a little bit. Oh, yeah. a lot of end-to-end so- – we're willing to trade chances because we've got guys like Kyle Connor and Patrick Line and Nikolai Ehlers that will set up plays. And we feel fairly confident that one of our stars will be able to finish. Right. Um, but it, it's really, it, yeah. So it's, they're very good at they're for very good, very potent attack defensively terrible. But the other phenomenon that I've noticed that's made me say they're both good and bad at the same time is they'll have moments where they just go, oh, they make you go, oh, that was really cool. Oh, why did he do that? Just like bang, bang, right back to back. Yeah, like, like like the second goal tonight. <laughs> like, oh, that was oh, almost oh, really saw, cool. Yeah, oh, first of all, that was a nice save. Wouldn't it be a bad thing if the puck were to go into the slide? Oh, oh, oh. 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 Yeah. And one of the other things I wanted to point out, though, I thought was interesting tonight was that as much as I like to talk about Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Patrick Laine, because they are the stars of this team. All the four goal comeback in this game were all scored. They were scored by Dmitry Kulikov, Jack Roslovic, Matthew Perot, and Neil Pionk. Like yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the results of this one game and be like, hey, the Jets' steps might be better than we think. But that's at least like promising that. At least every once in a while, the Jets, the Jets might have a little more depth than we maybe think. Right. Um, and it's funny to, to me because, like I said, I was I was ready to just rip on Kulikov for these first two games before he scored. And then if he scored. And Jack Roslovic is a guy that I thought has been okay. He hasn't looked bad, but he hasn't really been that noticeable in these first two games and he's gotten a goal so it's like yeah i i feel that's fair and also like i was a little nervous about uh andrew cop and adam lowry getting slotted further up into the lineup with I really brian like little cop. out and they've both been fine <laughs> like, i i really like, like cop i don't necessarily i don't like i think lowry in that first game was kind of awkward in his positioning and I almost wonder if it's because he's playing with Kyle Connor and Patrick Lainey, who've only been there a few days. Or no, no, never mind. I've got that backwards. Uh, I still think Adam Lowry was a little bit off. I just don't know what it was with his positioning that seemed off to me in that first game. Cop, I think, fits in really well. Uh, so forget what I said about Line A and Connor. Um, I mean, on a night where the Jets weren't very good at five on five. Andrew Kopp was still over 50% uh, possession. Sounds good. You know, and I mean, the Jets defense sucks, but at, at least tonight they got goals from Pionk and Kulikov. So, you know, that's, that's I guess in general, it's if you're going to suck defensively, at least like put a goal back on the board every once in a while. Yes, but imagine if Pionk had scored last night instead of tonight. That, do you understand how much I wanted Pionk to score like three goals last night? Just, just so just, I could text, just to get under Vinny's skin. 
Yeah, our good buddy Vinny, the Rangers fan. But and for some reason, a big Neil Pionk fan. Yeah, I still don't get it. Yeah, I don't get the Pionk buzz either. Like I said, I think he's an okay like power play I think quarterback. He's fine. But and, you know he's okay in transition, but defensively, just no, not not good at all. For, at least when he was in New York last year, when he was on the ice, the blue line was just a turnstile. Like, come as you please, stay as long as you want, enjoy your visit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of there. I mean, he's made plays. I've seen him break up some passes. He's good on the puck, I guess. Uh, not noticeably, not as noticeably good on the puck as, say, uh, Hanala was. Anala. Um but I think it's a little bit a little bit more balanced. Yeah, and uh Hanala has been fine. I mean he was he was good. He was fine in the first game. He struggled a bit tonight. But I mean he's an eighteen year old kid playing in North America for the first time. Like that's gonna happen. Yeah, and it's it's interesting for me to watch Hanala because uh in that first game, looked great on the puck, but defensively, he looked like he was chasing the game early. He looked a little jumpy, and he looked like he was a little bit just like a, a split second behind the play early on. And then as the game went on, he really settled into his role. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to spend the entire year at the NHL level, but it, at the very least, it helps that he's not, you know, like like having a junior audition. You know, no. he has to play eight, nine games, whatever it is, and then the team has to decide whether they're going to send him back or not. Right, you know? and I, I, I almost wonder if it depends on Boldy's status whenever he returns. Yeah, certainly, or the play of guys like uh, saving EQ in mm-hmm. in the AHL, or I guess across the hall, really. Oh, but, but clearly he's got the inside track on those guys. Yeah. So I don't know how much their play is nece- is going to dictate that necessarily instead of his play. At the very least, the Jets will be able to move him around between the NHL and yeah. the NHL if need be, certainly. Uh, but still, the, the Jets' defense is a disaster right now, certainly. like I mean – It's not good. They gave up six goals, and then they gave up four goals. So well, – Really five because one was never yeah, better. Yeah, one was – okay, Five and four. Point stands. Yeah, not not great. Five and four. Not a great not a great track record. Um, but honestly, how do you how do you fix it? Uh, I I think that I, like you can't because these are the guys you're stuck with. Like, if if anybody to, to me, if anybody got a cohesive defensive effort from like this set of guys, I'm putting them top ballot on my Jack Adams award voting list. Like on paper and on the ice, this is not a good defense. Even mm-hmm. if they get Bufflin back, which nobody knows if that's a guarantee. That might not be a guarantee. They might not get him back this year at all. He might retire. Even if they, But even if they do get him back, this is still not a good defense. Yeah, no, it's definitely needs some help. Um, I mean, just point proven that 
Um, who was it with the Devils that had that goal on Kulikov? That play, you know what play? Blake, Blake Coleman. Blake the Coleman, one the one-handed yeah. goal, which the one-handed side. goal. Yeah, yeah. Also, the um, uh, the goal against the Rangers, where the two defensemen were like a mile apart from each other, and yeah. they just they just dumped it between them. Yeah, I mean, do I think it will get better as the year goes on? Yes, like anything really should get better as the year goes on. But so will the competition by that logic. Yeah, yeah, by that logic. So so will the competition. And if Hellebuck is going to look as shaky as he did on Thursday night, might be a bit of a long season. Yeah, might be a bit of a long season. I mean, I thought it was interesting to see that uh, that they went with Brassois on the back-to-back, you know, just because it's so early in the season, you know, there might be a chance that you play Hellebuck back-to-back early on, just Maybe. to, you know, get them, get them some more I mean, time, get them sense, more comfortable. Particularly since you lost the first game, so you want to get points in that second game. Yeah. But I but almost wonder really- if, if they thought, okay, maybe they consider the Islanders more of a challenge than the Devils, so we're going to save our goalie for that game. Also, you know, they might just felt that putting an increased workload on him this early in the season just isn't worth it. Yeah. I mean, it, it could all come down to conditioning. I don't know what kind of condition. You and I don't know what kind of condition he's in. Um, well, this, I mean, but, really, they should be in, in great shape for the start of the year. But anyway, that's mm-hmm. um, anything else? Kind of, you want to- yeah, I was going to say, we've been going kind of long, so anything yeah. else? Uh, this is just a note of mine. For three-on-three strategy, I would like to see – because the Jets' defense is so bad already that, to me, like, uh, you know, in three-on-three that the defense is just, like, kind of like a waste of time. Like, throw – I would say start – You want to throw good three forwards? I'm going three forwards. Three forwards. Let's go. I would say – I mean, Shifley can backtrack. Yeah, I was going to say – I was going to say throw Shifley out there with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers and – Give it Ooh. a go. Why not just throw the, that top line? If you're gonna if you're gonna throw Shifley out there and make him be the more defensive player, why not just throw that top line out there? I mean, I don't know. I mean, but the point still stands to me yeah. that let's start That's with three an forwards. interesting. There's no, there's no way the hockey men are gonna do that. No, but like, how much do you really trust having Neil? This Pinnock? isn't a video game, Brendan. You can't just. I don't care how much, honestly, <laughs> like how much do you trust uh, Neil Pionk, Dmitry Kulikov, Josh Morrissey, and well, it's not those 18 year old playing in his second NHL game uh, in three on three overtime. I would say not a whole lot. So I would say just give well, it a go. See, see if you win the face off and, and go clearly, for it. Clearly, you're undervaluing the grit and glue that Kulikov brings to the three on three experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there were tons of hits in that three on three overtime. Yeah. There were a few. I, I, I missed all the hits between the end to end high speed action. I didn't say hits. I said grit. There's more to grit than just hitting guys. All right. I, I didn't see him drop the mitts either. Okay. I, I, must, um, I must have also missed that the, in the high speed end to end action there. The, the thing that um, kind of drew my attention in the three on three overtime is just 
just how long they kept Shifley and Connor out on that ice. Like, it felt like they were there the entire five minutes or close to it. Yeah, you know, with a team it, with this kind of forward depth, you'd think they'd be able to rotate in guys for uh, Shifley and Connor. Yeah, it felt like they had about the same seven guys out there, you know, six, seven guys out there the entire time. And I'm not going to blame them for doing that, but it's just like, towards the end, I'm watching Shifley, and I'm like, yeah, he's got the puck and he's winning battles, but he looks gassed. You can it's visible. When it's visible on a hockey player, you know they're hurting. Yeah, yeah. But hey, they got the win out of it. He had the big win in the show. And next game is Sunday. Sunday against well, when this New comes York. Out, it'll be Tuesday against the Penguins. Mm, that's true. But the Islanders game will have already happened. Yeah, that, that's true. But any other closing thoughts? Yeah, I know. Um Go Jets. Big win. Yeah, big, big win. All right. So you can find me on Twitter at BeatBarrel727. TC, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at TC underscore 904 and on Instagram at the same handle. Uh, you can find us, uh, the podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Grit60Pod, as well as uh, Spotify and iTunes, just search grit for 60 and it should pop right up uh, any other closing thoughts just go jets i already gave you my closing yeah thoughts. i don't know i'm just i'm just you know i'm spitballing here but ellers is good right. yeah yeah hot take ellers is good ellers is all good. right thanks everyone have a good one you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>